SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. It's not the craziest notion in the world to think that he'll be at Clemson next year. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Swinney. It's going to be a package deal. If you're the New York Jets, you're sitting in the ideal spot. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels at Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Friday, October 23rd, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and buy our way. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here on a Friday edition of Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Well, butt fumble, miracle at the Meadowlands. Move over. We have one more. Giants dropped the ball, literally. Uh, Wilson speaks for AB. Darnold speaks for himself. MLB players speak for everyone. The fearsome Fisum. Uh, switch on NFL Sunday football this week. Where there's a will, there's a way in the Big Ten. Is Bill O'Brien running the Vikings? Uh, trouble in the Bayou and the Brady snub. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets. Uh, top five NFL trends, top five college football trends as well as we started last week. And actually did a halfway decent job last week with the trends that came out to be winners. Uh, we'll get to it all over the next two hours, plus our uh, Twitter poll question. I'll get up there in a couple of minutes as well. But we had a little uh, Monday night uh, slash Thursday night football, actually, as uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles rallied to beat the New York Giants 22-21 in one of the worst played games you will ever see. I mean, uh, unless you are a Giants fan, an Eagles fan, or had money on the game, it was a tough watch. If you were just, uh, you know what, let me go watch some uh, Thursday night football, uh, sit back and enjoy things. It, it'd be botched drive after botched drive after penalty. I don't know how many penalties. I, I got to look here. It, it seemed like about 150 penalties. I mean, just an awful, you know, you wonder why these two teams had just one bit each. Well, you saw it last night. We'll get to that. World Series, we just get around tonight. Big day here on a Friday. Big little bad news. God bless SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Did pretty good against him then. <laughs> From the 12, Jones keeps, gets a block, takes off, and he is gone. Trying to stay upright, and he trips. 
absolutely all alone, and he trips going to the end zone and ends up carrying it as it is for 80. But a walk-in touchdown, and he tripped himself. Yeah, he did. Unbelievable. Welcome back. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday morning, uh, 12 minutes past the hour. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do, Monday through Friday. Uh, that's courtesy of uh, Fox Sports as the uh, Eagles beat the Giants 22-21, uh, despite Daniel Jones uh, with that long run, which ended up being a touchdown drive anyway. But I, I, I must say, he, he is just... Uh, he is the, the subject of our poll question. Let us start there, okay? Uh, poll question of the day. First up, what, why don't we go back to uh, yesterday? Always like to recap. Yesterday, which NFL team had the brightest young quarterback? Uh, the Dolphins with two tags, Bungles with Joe Burrow, uh, Chargers with Justin Herbert, and uh, the NFL team that's going to draft Trevor Lawrence. And surprisingly to me, decent number of voters since we posted this thing at 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, over 41% said the Chargers with Justin Herbert. Uh, NFL, I uh, checked that Bungles with Joe Burrow came in second with 29%. NFL team that drafts Trevor Lawrence with 21 And then uh, our guy, Tua, down in Miami with just uh, 8% of the vote, which that I'm not necessarily surprised with. So uh, today I just posted a uh, poll question, and that is uh, on the other side of the thing. Uh, who's the most overrated slash overhyped quarterback, young quarterback uh, in the NFL? So we put the Sam Darnold on there for the Jets. We put Daniel Jones on there, the Giants. We put Baker Mayfield on there, and then we put the proverbial other. So just posted it out. Check it out the, on the uh, opposite picks feed and uh, get your vote in. We'll update that uh, a couple of times. So as far as the football game goes, Eagles do win 22-21. You know, you found out why both these teams uh, had just two wins combined heading into last night's game. Well, what a disgrace. And, and I tell you, as a Giant fan here, and my daughter's a Giant fan, uh, we've had it up to here with, with uh, Daniel Jones. We're, we're done with him. We, we are. She's at the point now where it's the, she's rooting for the Giants to lose. This way, she, the, the Giants could draft Trevor Lawrence. Here, there's the battle. There's the football state of mind in New York and New Jersey. Both fan bases, not just one, both are now rooting for their teams to lose. Only six games, seven games in, and you're already talking about next year. That's how bad this season is. That's how bad their quarterback situation is. And you saw the end of it there with, with Daniel Jones. He, he makes a nice little run like he did last week. Remember, he ran last week for 49 yards. Uh, this time he ran around the right side. Last week it was the left side. Uh, open lane. I mean, just nobody. Just, I don't know where the defensive backs were for Philadelphia, but they were absolutely nowhere to be found. One thing I will say about Daniel Jones is he's actually pretty fast. Yeah, you know, he, he was out running the defensive back. So I'll give him credit for that. He, he is fast. So. He splits the defense, and he's rumbling, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. Literally, there is nobody. There's not a soul in your camera. I mean, the, the closest guy is literally 15 yards away, and that's not an exaggeration. So it's not like he's got someone bearing down on him. Now, he's hopping and he's puffing, and he's gone 40 yards. He's gone 50 yards. Right around the 60-yard mark, right around the Eagles' 30-yard line, you start to see him stumble just a little bit. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, you know, in, in uh, you know live action, I'm thinking, this doesn't look good. You know, he, he kind of bumbles and stumbles his way another five, another 10 yards, but you could see him kind of leaning forward, trying to balance himself. He gets to the 15-yard line, and then ultimately he kind of lunges forward and falls at the 10. 
gets up again, you know, and then uh, tries to run a couple of more yards and, is, and end up tackled at the six-yard line. And there's there's not a soul around him when he fell. Not not a soul around him. So, you know, the Jet fan has the butt fumble. You know, the Giant fan had the miracle at the Meadowlands against, oddly enough, these same Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, think about that. That just kind of dawned on me right now, to tell you the truth. Uh, and, and now we have the, uh, the turf tumble, as I am going to call it. And uh, you know what? I actually like that. I mean, I really, you know, I say a lot of smart things on this program. I mean, let's face it. I am the smartest man in the room. Uh, but, I, I, you know, every once in a while, I'll even impress myself. And right off the bat on Twitter, I said turf tumble. And that is a great – I got to copyright that. I really do. Um, it's too bad the Giants didn't win. You know, if they, if they won, they would, you know, maybe have more fun with it. But they ended up losing. Although they did score a touchdown on that drive. Had they not scored a touchdown on that drive, oh, my God, that would have been the end of the world. But the uh, the turf tumble – I'm taking full credit for that, and I'm going to copyright that. Mark it down, 17 past the hour, hour number one on a Friday. It's all mine. So now the Giant fan has two. Both have come against the Philadelphia Eagles. Both have come in losses, and both were embarrassingly bad, one worse than the other. So, And I'm old enough to remember the miracle at the Meadowlands. It's funny. You know, I was watching that game as a kid, and – you know, back then, there was no direct TV. There was no Sunday package. You know, here in uh, New Jersey, where I grew up, you had two games. You had the NBC game and you had the CBS game. And uh, the Giants were always on CBS. And then the NBC game, I forget which game it was, but it was the Jet game. They always flipped them. You know, they never. Um, every once in a while now, you'll get the Jets and Giants in this area, both being played at the same time because both teams are just atrocious. So they like to get them out of the way. But back then, even if both teams were god-awful, they always would split them. So it was rare that the New York-New Jersey audience would actually get a, a bonus game at 4 o'clock. Every once in a while, uh, but but uh, not often. So anyway, I'm watching that giant thing, and uh, I turned it off to go to the 4 o'clock game, because that was a 1 o'clock game. And I turn it back, you know, literally, you know, a minute later, just to just to double check because that that's how I was, even you know, as as a youngster, you know, it's never over until it's over. But you know, the Giants are running out the clock; they're going to win this win, you know, great, okay. And then I turn it back and I see the Eagles celebrating in the end zone, and I'm like, what the fudge happened? What? How are they celebrating? All the Giants had to do was take a knee. I'm thinking as a ten year old. I mean, what do they do? How is that possible? You know, then you see the highlights and then you find out the story, but. Uh, I, I remember that, and, and that was embarrassingly bad, I, obviously. But uh, the turf tumble last night, what a joke. I, I tell you, Daniel Jones, and this is going to be all anti-Giant thing versus pro-Eagle things. Who cares about the Eagles? Uh, I'll get into the minutia of the game, but you know what? Like I said before, I, we've had it up to here with Daniel Jones. You know this guy has played 20 games. He started 20 games. 20. You know how many games he has had out of those 20 in which he has not fumbled or thrown an interception? What do you think? Rookie, second-year player now, 20 games. You know, you're going to go through your learning experiences, your trials, your tribulations. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, six, seven, Scott, maybe. You know, I know it's been a lot. So, you know, half the half the games, no, not even not, not half. Uh, you know, maybe six or seven out of the 20 he's gone without a fumble or interception. No, not, not six or seven. Uh, four or five, maybe, you know, maybe 25% of the 20 games. No, 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 not four or five. Three, no, 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 not, not three. Two. Two out of 20, 10% only, he's gone without a fumble and an interception. You know, either one? No, not, not two. How about one? How about one stinking game? Daniel Jones has played one game out of 20 in which he has not had either a fumble or an interception. 
I mean, think about that for a second. I get it. He's only been in the league two years. I understand that. But you ran a Hall of Fame quarterback out of town at Eli Manning. You are taking over a situation in which it's the number one market. You have a, a Jets team across the street that actually stinks. So the, the, the market is yours for the taking, if it isn't already anyway, just because the Giants will always be number one in this area. But one game. Every NFL coach in the world, and in college for that matter, is preaching what? Don't turn the ball over, no matter what you do. No turnovers. Win the battle of the turnovers. You'll win the war. You'll win the game. I mean, every single coach in the world does that. That is lesson number one. That is that is NFL quarterbacking 101. We'll worry about the completions. We'll worry about the touchdown passes. We'll worry about doing all that other stuff. But first, control the turnovers. And this guy has played one game, one, without a fumble or an interception. In fact, he's only played six games out of 20 without at least fumbling the football. Forget about forget about interceptions. Only six out of 20 in which he has not fumbled the football at least one time. I mean, he is just a turnover machine. He's not an NFL starting quarterback. He, he just isn't. He's a coach killer. That's what he is going to show you promise and he's going to get the head coach fired because he never really develops on that promise. My big is a bad beat. More coming up on a Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Jones in trouble. Ball's knocked out by Graham. And recovered by Philadelphia. As they're going to win the ball game. Graham knocked it out. Vinny Curry recovered it. And that defensive front steps up and makes a play. Yeah, that sealed the deal. As uh, one Daniel Jones fumbles away the Giants' last chance. You know, and they had a decent opportunity. 40 seconds left, albeit no timeouts, but only needing a field goal. You know, and their field goal kicker has shown a propensity to hit 50 yarders like they're going out of style. So, you know, you're talking about starting the football with your own 25, 35, 45, opposing teams 45. You know, you needed 35 yards, you know, 30, 35 uh, to get a halfway decent 50-55 yard attempt. So, that you know, that shouldn't be impossible for an NFL starting quarterback with 40 seconds left. That's a lot. Uh, but Daniel Jones has shown, like I said, he's not a starting quarterback. Scott Wetzel coming back here on a uh, Friday morning, 844-843-6879. I'll open up the phones here in a little bit. So Fox Sports uh, with all these highlights. Um, you know, here, here's the minutia of the game. Daniel Jones, uh, he stinks. All right, that, that's the overall theme of it all. Uh, but ultimately, he throws for 187 yards, does have two touchdown passes, did have that long 80-yard run. Naturally, he led the Giants in rushing with his 92 yards overall. Wayne Gallman uh, was next in line with 34. They, they can't run a lick. This offensive line just absolutely stinks. I will tell you that. <clears throat> you know, to be fair, he is under pressure all the time, but that's life in the NFL. You, you have to be able to adapt. You got to be able to do something. 
You know, if the guy can run for 80 freaking yards on a play, you ought to be able to scramble outside the pocket every once in a while and create something. But uh, he doesn't. And he fumbled again. And as I mentioned before, only six games out of 20. Six out of 20, which he's not fumbled the football at least one time. Only one time out of 20 games has he not had at least a fumble or an interception. That that really is amazing. It, it really is. So uh, here's the minutiae. Eagles are up 10-7. Looking like they're going to blow it open. They really dominated the first half. Uh, but Carson Wentz was picked off in the end zone to avoid any more points being scored by Philadelphia. Giants had a chance, believe it or not, to tie the game at halftime. But Deion Lewis fumbles the football, hands it over to the Eagles, who look like they're going to go up at least 13-7. But they miss Elliott, who's a pretty darn good kicker. Uh, he misses a chippy, a 29-yarder. So the Giants go into halftime, trailing only 10-7. After really being just completely dominated in the first half, Eagles were going up and down the field, and then they were screwing up on their own accord. But uh, they do hold a 10-7 lead. Uh, then the 80-yard run, uh, which turns out to be the longest, the fourth longest run in Giants history. Think about that. Longest by a quarterback, as you'd imagine. Uh, and uh, the turf tumble occurs. Giants do score. Now, little pet peeve of mine. They show the defensive players on the sidelines laughing. And while it was funny, it was clumsy, it was Daniel Jones-like, you know, it's one thing for you or me or the Twitter world, social media to be laughing. It's another thing for the Giants to be laughing. You know, they're in this game. It's the third quarter. You got a chance to take the lead. Your dopey quarterback is running for an uncontested touchdown, and he trips and falls over the uh, turf tumble. And instead of the defense being pissed off, they're laughing. So. Does that mean when they go to the film sessions on every Monday and Tuesday and they're looking at game films from the preceding Sunday, which are, you know, all except one week, all losses, does this mean they're laughing in these meetings? Does this mean they're going over mistake after mistake after mistake and they're laughing at these things? Because, you know, as a Giants fan, I don't want my defense laughing. I'll let the opposing team laugh. I'll let the fans laugh. I'll let the social media world laugh. I want my defensive players pissed off. I want them upset that, you know, they had a chance to take the lead on this play and the quarterback screws up. Show me a little disgust. Show me a little upset uh, on their part versus laughing on the sidelines. Laughing on the sidelines to me means you really don't care. You really don't. You know, you're not looking at the big picture. All you're doing is looking to be entertained. I'm, I'm being entertained watching the game on TV. You guys are the pawns. Hate to break it to you guys here, but you guys are the pawns. You're supposed to be entertaining us, not the other way around. And for the giant players to be laughing on the side, I, you know, maybe I'm making too much of it. I don't think so, though. I really don't. You know, you look for reasons why teams are one and five now, one and six. You know, you look for reasons why the Giants can't get it done against the Chicago Bears in the final drive. You look for reasons why the defense can't get it done against the Dallas Cowgirls in the final drive. You look for reasons why the Giant offense can't get it done, final drive against the L.A. Rams. You look for reasons why the Giants don't get it done, final drive against the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, there's a lot of constants in there. You know, when you look at their losses, you know, they've been in most of these games, but they always screw up down the stretch somewhere along the line. They're not able to convert either on offense or on defense. You know, maybe just maybe it's because they're not taking their job seriously. Maybe just maybe because they're on the sidelines laughing and really not caring about winning or losing at this point. They're more concerned about being entertained. So I would have enjoyed seeing a couple of defensive players throw their helmet down or throw up their arms in disgust. Show me a little something that you care, that you just nearly blew a touchdown. But they didn't. They're laughing. So, okay. They end up scoring a touchdown. 
Uh, they scored another touchdown on a 90-yard drive, probably their best drive of the entire season. You know, early fourth quarter, they get the football deep inside their own territory. They're up 14-10, and they take the ball some 90 yards, and uh, they score to take a 21-10 seemingly safe lead with about six minutes left. Here's the biggest play of the game. Wasn't the uh, the turf tumble. It wasn't the uh, touchdown pass from Carson Wentz, uh, the first one to cut it to 26-21-16. <clears throat> it wasn't even the uh, second one, really, that gave them the uh, the lead. Really, the biggest play of the game is a Carson Wentz pass to uh, Jay Hightower for 59 yards. It was a situation in which the Giants just took the 21-10 lead, and as I mentioned, over six minutes left. Barely six minutes, right? Worst case scenario, if you're a Giant fan, you're saying, all right, we're going to allow the old, by the way, touchdown here. But the Eagles are going to use up, you know, a good three, four minutes. We're going to get the ball back with, you know, two, three minutes left, needing one, maybe two first downs since the Eagles do have a couple of timeouts left. Uh, but, you know, two first downs, any kind of luck, one first down, and we're going to win the game. But that 59-yard pass play allowed the Eagles to score in less than a minute and a half. They went 78 yards in less than a minute and a half. And just like that, that 21-10 lead with over six minutes left was 21-7 or was 21-16 with still four and a half minutes left. And that 59-yard pass play accomplished a lot of things. And most importantly, it didn't take any time off the clock. It allowed the Eagles to score, to cut it to a one-score game. And the Giants got the football now needing about four first downs to win the game. That's tough. It's tough getting one. It's damn near impossible to get two. Asking for an offense to get four really makes it different. Uh, and difficult, rather. And that 59-yard pass, that was the key to that game. That was the key to allowing the Eagles to win. So, again, instead of using up four minutes on that drive, they used up less than a minute and a half. And then still, to be fair, uh, the Giants end up in a situation. They do get a couple of first downs. Looks like they're going to get a third first down. They had third and six, and they had a, a, a pass, which I don't agree with, but it was a you know kind of a bomb, a mini bomb, uh, to tight end Evan Egram right in his hands. Now, they were outstretched a little bit. It wasn't like right in his gut. He did have, He's running a streak pattern right here down the field, and Jones actually laid it up there nearly perfectly right in his hands as he was stretched out, and he dropped the ball. Giants have to punt. Instead of having a first down with about two minutes and 10 seconds left, Eagles still had two timeouts plus the two-minute warning, so the Giants theoretically would have needed one more first down. Otherwise, they would have punted the ball back to Philadelphia. So they still needed one more, so it wasn't a game-over situation, but it was a darn, darn close to being a game-over situation because that game clock would have gone down to the two-minute warning. Eagles would have used two of their timeouts. Giants would have run a play. You know, so theoretically, Philadelphia would have got the ball needing a touchdown, trailing by five, with about 35 seconds or so left. So it was, and it was right there in his hands, right in his freaking hands. You know, this is why you don't use first, second round draft choices on tight ends. They're all a dime a dozen. You know, there's a handful of tight ends that are worth anything. Otherwise, all the others, they're all the same. They're just, they're wasted draft choice. They, you know, these dopey teams that use first-round picks like the Giants and second-round picks like the Giants did on Egram, uh, it, it, it's just pissing away a draft choice. Just absolutely pissing away. You know, go ahead. Go through the NFL list, uh, litany of, of tight ends. How many would you use a first-round pick? You know, maybe Ertz when he's healthy. Maybe Kelsey in Kansas City. 
you know, maybe Kittle out in San Francisco. You know, it really, I think it stops, you know, a healthy Gronk, but, you know, Gronk is old, so you wouldn't use it on him now. But, you know, for the course of his career, you would have obviously, you know, three or four. That That's it. That's it. And yet year after year after year, whether it's Evan Ingram, whether it's O.J. Howard, I mean, the old oh, Hawkinson with the Lions, he sucks. The guy in Denver, he's been nothing. You know, they, they waste these first round picks on these tight ends who are just completely insignificant, just completely and that's Ingram, and he dropped it for the uh, for the Giants uh, for a chance for them to, in essence, win the game. So Eagles get the football back, uh, and they move right down the field like it's nothing, no big deal. In fact, not only did they move down the field, they moved down the field so quickly they left 40 seconds on the clock for the Giants, uh, and they score a touchdown on a, uh, a nice play, a nice 18-yard pass uh, from uh, Wentz, uh, and uh, and that's your ball game, and, and that's it. So. Giants couldn't do anything, as I mentioned, and uh, the game ends 22-21 because Philadelphia, while they should have gone for two, and they did, 21-16, it is amazing because because of that, that allowed the Giants with the ability to win the game because then the Eagles went for two again, whereas had the Eagles just kicked the one extra point to make it 21-17 and then kicked the one extra point again to make it 24-21, you know, then the Eagles would have been up three. Uh, you know, I know it's the right move down five. You know, they would have been crucified. But it is amazing how many times that if you just do the normal one point extra point, it really does seem to help you more than hurt you when everything is said and done. So uh, tough loss for, for the Giants for sure. All right, Bengals and Bad Meats on a Friday morning. Baseball, more football talk coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. We came down here. We knew it was going to be a 60-minute game. You know, every time the uh, Eagles and Giants play. It's always comes down to last drive. That's kind of regardless of, you know, who's here, players, coach, whatever it is, just a rivalry. It's going to go that way. So we expect this to be a tough game, a physical game, a 60 minute game. That's exactly what we got. Our players played hard, though we showed a lot of flashes throughout the game of ways we want to play the game. And there's some things we did that held us back. Ultimately, to me, turnovers and penalties are things we have to eliminate, things we have to improve on down the second half of the season. And these are things that held us back tonight, but we got to give credit where credit's due, and they made plays down the stretch, and we got to make more plays ourselves. So, that being said, I'll open up to any questions. Jordan Rana. All right, there you go. <clears throat> Vegas and Bad Beats on a Friday morning. That was Joe Judge, uh, current head coach of the York Giants. Not that he's under any kind of pressure at this point, but still a little, little too, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I want to hear some disgust. I, I want to hear somebody be upset. I want to hear somebody be pissed off. Uh, you know, show me some emotion where it bothers you that you just lost a winnable game. You had a chance to move into basically first place 
Forget about the record and all that other nonsense. The bottom line is in the loss column, you had a chance to move into first or the win column. You had a chance to move into first place with your second win. I mean, as goofy as it sounds, who cares, right? Does it really matter if you if you get into the postseason with a 10 and 6 mark versus 7 and 9 or even 6 and 10? It doesn't. You know, you win the division, you're going to get yourself a home game even. So, I mean, you got a chance to, to make something of the season. You know, so whether you're 4 and 1, and you miss a chance to move in the first place, or you're one in five and you miss a chance to move in the first place, you ultimately lost a game in which you're leading by two scores with six minutes left and a chance to move into basically first place in your division. And and you're you're sounding off like you knew it was going to be a struggle. Who cares? Every game's a struggle, for goodness sakes. I mean, take the best team. Hell, let's think about it. The Kansas City Chefs, best team in the NFL, right? Win the Super Bowl. Well, they went down to the wire against the god-awful, lousy L.A. Chargers with a rookie quarterback, a Chargers team that has still has just one win, but it was a struggle. So don't tell me that it was a struggle and you knew it was going to be a struggle and it was a dogfight and you knew it was going to be a dogfight. Every game, every single game in the NFL is a dogfight. That's why, for the most part, college coaches don't cut it in the NFL because in college, if at a big-time school, whether it's Ohio State or Alabama, or Clemson, whatever the case may be, you got two or three games tops every th- every single year on your schedule that are real games. All the others you could walk your way through and win by double digits. Not in the NFL. NFL coach, yes, every single game is a dogfight. Every single game was there for you to win, but you're not winning. Again, do I got to spell it out for you? You had a chance to win against the Bears, final drive. You didn't get it done. You had a chance to send a game to overtime against the Rams, final drive. Didn't get it done. You had a chance to win the game against the Dallas Cowgirls on defense, make one stop, couldn't get it done. Now you got a chance here to win this game. You know, you got a two-score lead with six minutes left. You don't get it done. You're sitting there talking about how it's a dogfight. Yeah, we get it's a dogfight. This dog is getting beat up, though. This dog is losing all these fights. So throw something. Pull a Belichick. I thought you were a Belichick disciple, for goodness sake. You know, throw the microphone across the room. Yell, scream. Give us a four-letter bomb. Give us something, for goodness sake, that you care. Versus, well, we knew it was a dogfight. We competed, you know. They're regular coaches jargon. Listen, when your ass is out on the street because you're putting faith in Daniel Jones, maybe then the attitude will change. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like I said, he's not under any pressure, but that giant team's got the decisions to make because the GM, Dave Gettleman, is not going to survive this year. If they go 3-13 and 13, like they're on pace of going, the GM is going to be out. And uh, listen, I shouldn't have to spell it to Joe Judge. When you hire a new GM and he hasn't hired you, that's not a good combination. It just isn't. And I'll spell it out for Daniel Jones as well. When you hire a new GM and he didn't draft you, not a good combination. So you could sit back and say, well, Joe, you know what? Look in the mirror. This is only my first year. You can't blame me. And if you're Daniel Jones, you could say, well, this is only my second year. You can't really blame me. (laughs) Don't kid yourself. Just like you can go out the door, so can Sam Darnold in his third year. You know, so can a number of these quarterbacks who really aren't producing. And so can a number of these head coaches. You get two years, basically. That's it. Uh, and uh, Joe Judge, you're already pissing away year number one. You haven't showed us a darn thing. And you think about it from uh, the standpoint of uh, Daniel Jones. You know, in those 20 games that I mentioned that he's played, he's 4-16. and 16. He's 4-16. and 16. Um, it's not that the giant fan is enamored with him. I, I won't say that because they hated when he got drafted. He did show a little bit more last year than I think most giant fans, myself included, thought he would do. 
Um, you know, he ran Eli out of town, and and that was uh, you know a necessary evil, unfortunately. But he's not exactly been great. He really hasn't. For all this fanfare and everything he showed last year, uh, it, it kind of tailed off at the end of the season, and it, it's kind of picked up right from the get-go this year. I, I get it. He's throwing to nobody. I get it. His offensive line stinks. I get it. His best running back, Saquon Barkley, is out again. I understand all that, but you know what? You, you baptism by fire. You got to learn to deal with all those things if you want to win in the NFL. It's as simple as that. And he's shown that he's not good enough to overcome those things. And I just don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I really don't. Four and 16. So, you know what? He may be going out the door just like Dave Gettleman may be going out the door uh, if this team continues to fall apart. And I don't see any. They're a bad football team. I mean, the Eagles did everything but give them the game yesterday. Everything but give them the game. Um, And I got to tell you, you know, Doug Peterson, he's always going to get a pass because he has a Super Bowl. So and, and he has a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback in Nick Foles. So for that, you got to give him credit. But boy, he he makes some crazy coaching decisions during the course of these games that I, I just uh, I, I I don't understand. I really don't. You know, second two point conversion. You know, they score the touchdown to go up twenty two twenty one. You know, forty seconds left. Obviously, you're going to go for two. You want to make it a three uh, a three point game, uh, and not kick the extra point. And they didn't kick any extra points last week either, by the way. So. Uh, and he brings in uh, Jalen Hurts to run the two-point conversion. Now, the guy hasn't played the entire game. And all of a sudden, you're going to throw him in the game with 40 seconds left. Now, it's not a touchdown situation. I understand that. But it is an important two-point conversion that, you know, it would be nice to be able to say you're going to tie this game because the Giants realistically aren't going to go down the field and score a touchdown with 40 seconds left. They're playing for a field goal. So you get the two-point conversion. You're guaranteeing yourself, you know, uh, an overtime game here in essence. And he brings in Jalen Hurts, who who looked awful on the one play. I, I mean, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, th- this fascination, baseball's fascination is the, uh, you know, bullpen by committee game. NFL's fascination is this scrambling quarterback, you know, to come in and run these plays on, on offense. Uh, whether it's Taysom Hill with the New Orleans Saints, whether it's Jalen Hurts now with the Philadelphia Eagles, run these two-point conversion plays, run a couple plays in the middle of the game. You, you take the, the regular quarterback out or you put him out in a flat you know, as a wide receiver. I mean, it's just it's the, the new fascination of the NFL. And while that's fine and dandy if you want to do it during the course of the game, you don't do it with 40 seconds left with a two-point conversion. Uh, you know, and the guy's been sitting on the sidelines ice cold. I mean, that makes no sense to me, no sense whatsoever. So, but uh, that that's, uh, that's Daniel Peterson. And Eagles get their first win. When trailing by double digits in the fourth quarter since 2012. So not not bad. And, you know, you think about it. I mentioned Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold. And, and again, they're part of the poll question that we have. New York slash New Jersey. And really, it's New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey has the worst quarterback combination by far. Not, not even close. With Daniel Jones, in my eyes anyway, with Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold, with the Jets and Giants. I mean, you put those two together, you might not have an NFL quarterback. You know, you think about what Pittsburgh has, Carson Wentz, Ben Roethlisberger. You think about what the Florida has, uh, you know, Tom Brady, even to it. Hell, even Gardner Minshew is better than what uh, the Giants and Jets have. You think about what, uh, you know, California, L.A. has and, and Jared Goff uh, and, uh, and Justin Herbert. And uh, you want to throw Jimmy G in there up in San Francisco. So, um, you know, e- even Ohio. You know, with uh, uh, Baker Mayfield 
And uh, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback combination than what the New Jersey slash New York has. I mean, it's just, wow. Well, football, I've been watching football in this area for a long time. And I don't remember both teams being this bad at the same time. You know, Jets have been bad. Giants have been bad. But not this bad. Not one win in after, you know, uh, 13 games. I'd, I'd like to know. Someone's got to do a little research here. It's, it's not that difficult, but has there been, I don't think so. You know, record-wise, I, I can't imagine a year in which the Giants and Jets combined were 1-13 like they are this year. I I, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I used to cover the Jets when they were 1-15. I remember that team, the Rich Kotai years. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was. But they won the game early on. Uh, their one win, if memory serves me right, didn't come late in the year. I don't think, I think it came early on. So that that would eliminate uh, unless the Giants went 0 and 6 and I don't think they did. So it wouldn't be then. And how's the Jets worst season? So this is this has to be statistically pretty sure the worst for New York New Jersey football ever. I mean, wow. It's, it just got awful. Uh take note because of the coronavirus situation with the Raiders, they've moved the Raiders Tampa Bay game to Sunday. And then they switched in the Seattle at Arizona game. Now, why would they do that, you ask? Well, because they're not sure that there'll be a Sunday night game. And, uh, you know, NBC pays a lot of money, a lot of money to televise these games. So they got to make sure there is a Sunday night game. So they took the Raider game out just because they don't have any offensive linemen. They they took four of their starting five offensive linemen and put them in, uh, you know, quarantine in essence, sent them home along with the safety that they have. So if they find out that there's a bunch of others that are, you know, uh, basically been exposed to the uh, coronavirus, then they might not have a football game. So they said, well, we can't take that. We have to have a Sunday night game. God forbid. Uh, you know, baseball would be jumping for joy if, in fact, they didn't have a Sunday game since there is a Sunday night baseball game. Uh, so they made the switch. So why did they make the switch with Seattle, Arizona? Don't know. I don't know uh, the official rules on which games that the you know NBC had the right to choose from. I don't know if that was an NFL thing where they just assigned them. Uh, I don't know if they got on the phone with the others and said, okay, which games are you willing to give up? And we got to have a halfway decent game here. Um, there aren't any other monster games that you'd say, boy, that would be the next one. Absolutely. Um, you know, so I, I don't know how that all went down, but when you think about it, would they want Cleveland, Cincinnati? No. Would they want Dallas, Washington? They'd probably take it just because it's the cowgirls, uh, Detroit, Atlanta. God, no Carolina, New Orleans. Nah, you know, Teddy Bridgewater going back to New Orleans, you know, it's got a little bit of an appeal, but nah, not, not really Buffalo jets. No. Green Bay, Houston's not bad. You know, I know Houston is Houston, but they still have the Sean Watson, and, and Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers is always an attractive draw. So that wouldn't have been too bad. Uh, San Fran, New England, except we, we're, we, you know, we get New England jammed down our throats all the time. Same thing, Kansas City and Denver. So, and, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, that would be the obvious one. Uh, Jacksonville Chargers, definitely not. Pittsburgh, Tennessee is your headline game Sunday. So not sure who's doing that, but I'm pretty sure whoever it is, whether it's Fox or CBS, uh, and I'm guessing that's a Fox game. Well, no, I'm guessing it's a CBS game. I'm guessing they were not willing to give that up. I, I'm sure they would have been fighting hook and crook uh, not to give that one up because that is your best game 
Uh, heck, that's even better than what the you know Tampa Bay and Vegas would have done. So I'm sure that Tampa Bay Vegas one was you know originally scheduled, thinking they're going to be fans in the stands, and it's Sunday night in Las Vegas, new stadium, and all that other stuff. So outside of the Pittsburgh Tennessee one. And it really isn't a great game. I, I was thinking that wasn't such a hot game, Seattle, Arizona. But you know what? With that Arizona win against uh, Dallas, it actually is a pretty good game. It's probably the second uh, best game on the board. So uh, NBC got fairly lucky to tell you the truth. My Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday morning. We'll wrap up hour number one. We'll update the poll question uh, right here. Here's what we've got SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. On this Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Let us update the uh, poll question, which was, slash is, actually, uh, your uh, worst young quarterback, in essence, in the NFL. And right now, uh, no surprise. Boy, he is polarizing, that's for sure. Cleveland Browns QB Baker Mayfield leading the way at 56% of the vote. Uh, Jets Sam Darnold getting 25. Uh, Giants Daniel Jones getting 17. And the uh, proverbial other uh, getting uh, almost 2% of the vote uh, with the DPJ tweeting in Josh Allen. Well, I don't know about that, but okay. Uh, Clearwater kid to it with the, the Fitz Black Cloud coming into play there. <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, he also says he likes the Bucks and Packers both playing three and a half. Uh, and I would say by the hook, but when it comes to that, I'm going to hit those money lines. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Clearwater kid, uh, he's one of our LLs on our podcast. If you can grab the Bucks right now, if that line is still there, go ahead and get it. Because one, the game is going to go up. And two, you know, I'm looking even at one of these sites that lists a bunch of the casinos, and it's a three and a half, four. If, in fact, all those starting offensive linemen for the Raiders don't play and it, it you know doesn't appear like they will be, uh, that is a lot of trouble. Listen, you can maybe avoid one guy, maybe two guys, but when you're missing four starting offensive linemen, that's tough. That That is really tough. Let me see if FanDuel – I'd be surprised if FanDuel even has the game listed. Let, let's see. Um let me scroll down here real quickly. Don't see it. Don't see it. Uh, of course, my computer is freezing. There we go. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Yeah, they still got the Bucks laying four and a half. I'm surprised. Minus 220 on the money line uh, with an over-under of 52 and a half. I would go under as well because with no offensive linemen, it's going to be damn tough for the Raiders to score. And uh, grabbing Tampa Bay lane four and a half is not bad at all. All right, one hour to books and uh, one to go right here on a Friday morning. Bagels and Bad
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 